Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. Hey guys, we're doing betrayal trauma and Taylor has sickness. So <laughs> we've got the two babes on betrayal trauma. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. That's awesome, Haley. Oh, so um, I think some people are either really aware of what betrayal trauma is, or maybe they're like, I've never heard of that before. And what does that mean? And do I have it? And, or someone said I have it and I don't know what it really means. So I think we should start with a definition. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm going to read actually Taylor sent this definition. So he's still participating um, because I want him to know that we take his research very seriously. He's almost here. It's like he's I can't talk that I can't talk in his voice or I would, but he's, this is from Freud um, in 2008. And uh, the definition is betrayal trauma occurs when the people or institutions on which a person depends for survival significantly violate that person's trust or well-being. So childhood, physical, emotional, or sexual abuse perpetrated by a caregiver are examples of betrayal trauma. Mm -hmm. And I think a good thing that's pointed out with that too is just simply the fact of it's it's in a lot of settings, right? This isn't just one size fits all. This is this can be done in a lot of different ways. It can be with a spouse, a partner. Um, it can be done through a parent. It can be done with an employer. It can be done with a lot of different things, and so it it's yeah, it's very diverse. Unfortunately, but also nice to know that there's a lot of settings that you can look at and be like, okay, this did affect me. And there's a reason why. I like the context too, of this idea that it's, it is about how much we socially depend on the person organization um, situation in order to survive. And that can be physical survival, emotional survival, and it can be real or perceived. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think some people will be like, well, you're, you know, you're an adult, you aren't really relying on everyone. And I think, again, that, that's a perception belief. Some people do. Some people are reliant physically, financially, emotionally on other people, and that's not wrong. Um, we've talked a lot about attachment and that attachment is healthy. So I, w- I want to make sure we're giving that some context of, of what's going on, but it is this, this, hey, I have a need with this person. And suddenly that need, I'm having to trade my feelings of safety in order to get that need met. And that that's where betrayal trauma comes in. And you make a, with the attachment, bringing that in, you, we're not just talking about financial need, right? We're talking about need like emotionally and support and backup and, you know, talking about, you know, um, spiritual needs, you know, betrayal trauma can happen in a religious setting. You know, there's a lot of things like that. So you know, betrayal trauma, every single part of ourselves, right? Physical, spiritual, emotionally, you know, all these different things sexually, um, they can all lead to not like you have so many ways to get betrayed. Right. But it's the idea of saying like betrayal can happen in all different ways. And so again, it's less about the fact of like, be scared. There's so many ways you could get hurt. It's more the idea of like, 
be aware if you're feeling like something is wrong, there's a reason that's okay. Like it's good for you to recognize that and not label it in the sense of now this is just who I am. Cause I think we'll talk a little bit about, I think the labeling of betrayal trauma and how, what's appropriate and how do we work with that? Cause I think, unfortunately, some people, they label themselves as I'm a betrayal trauma victim. And then back to that whole idea of drama triangle, we stay in victim mode. Right. And that's, that's the hard part about it is that there's a way to state, like, just like in the, the creator mode, I've been in a victim role of, I was victimized by something, but with that betrayal, what do I do now? Like, how do I create my world now? How do I want it to look? Who do I want in it? Right. And unfortunately some people stop. Um, some people stop at that whole idea of labeling the, the betrayal and betrayed. And unfortunately, like, I mean, Jen and I work with this every day. It's just, it's, it's sad in a lot of ways, not because it's like, oh, you were hurt. Right. But more sad in the idea of like, ah, you were betrayed by this person and that was like an awful situation, but now you're kind of betraying yourself every day by feeling like that's all you have is your identity like that. They're still hurting you even when they're not there, but now you're kind of, you know, not allowing it, but you're, you're making that a reason why, you know, maybe healing looks really scary, but like, man, what are we going to do to work through that? And I think because often that betrayal, well, like we talked about, the betrayal comes in a relationship where we had some dependence. There's a gut response when we get betrayed to say that person needs to fix it. That organization needs to fix it. Those, And again, this goes into that victim mode of I've been victim. I, I have a villain and now I need a hero versus saying this doesn't work for me. This isn't healthy for me. And so I'm going to create a life where I'm not experiencing this betrayal and it is it takes a lot of work to move into that very boundaried way of saying if something is constantly betraying me i need to move into a different relationship with it versus waiting mm -hmm. for the person or situation to change and i see that mm -hmm. a lot with people is as they think well i didn't do anything different and you you might not have done anything different so in the example of like if you were you know if there was infidelity in the marriage you you didn't necessarily create or cause that no. but you can create the boundaries that move you into that safety because mm -hmm. when you keep your safety reliant on other people you stay in that drama triangle versus moving into the creator and allowing your new boundaries to be a challenge and then whoever that person is, whether it's a parent organization or a partner to say, okay, I'm willing to create a healthier relationship with you. And that's what I see as when we really shift in betrayal trauma is when you're willing to say, I'm willing to put in the boundaries to say, I deserve a healthy relationship and mm -hmm. I'm willing to create that. It's not easy, but it is, it's the shift that, that I see makes the most progress in therapy. And I would say kind of what you're stating too. So part of betrayal trauma is often it's not just the fact that someone else hurt us. A lot of betrayal trauma that, you know, Jen and I and Taylor, but Jen's the only one here. So uh, we've worked through with a lot of that. There's, it's complex in the sense of you have someone else who physically is outside of you who's betrayed you, right? But then also we're dealing with that fight, flight, freeze, fawn response. And the fawn or freeze is often very prevalent in betrayal trauma. So not only are you working through the fact that someone you trusted or should have trusted, been able to trust, 
um, has done something to wrong you. It's also the fact of why didn't I know? Why didn't I see this coming? Why wasn't I aware? And so with what Jen's talking about with that boundary, what's really important to recognize with betrayal trauma is that that's part of the personal work, right? We can't just make it based off of a lot of people think, well, once my we're going to use this the spouse situation i think a lot in this situ in this betrayal um trauma example just because that's one of the more prevalent ones and it's kind of easier we're and again for the sake of pronouns we're using him and her just to differentiate we deal with betrayal trauma in all walks of life um again we've talked about it you know spiritual parental spousal partnership you know friendship work There's work yes work's a huge one oh my gosh like I personally had a, a lot of betrayal trauma work experiences throughout my life. And so I'm glad you mentioned that. And I think it's important to realize that when we are reliant on this organization or person for something, it, it's not as easy as saying, we'll just, you know, kick them to the curb or whatever. Yeah, is that, get them out of your life. Yeah, it's not that easy, right? We, we actually go into this place of, is it worth ignoring the betrayal, right? And betrayals might small might seem to start small and be smaller ruptures Mm -hmm. and then they that either the consistency or the frequency or even the intensity might change and this rupture suddenly becomes something i i'm used to living with but i shouldn't be living with anymore yeah or it can feel all of a sudden of you didn't see it at all and all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh i thought this was safe for me and i didn't realize this this was not safe for me and both of those can be very um disorienting in this idea of I actually don't know what to do next and how to move forward. Yeah. And that's that fawn freeze response. Absolutely. Cause it's this idea too, of like, I think we all want to make it black or white, right? We all want to say like, if they're bad for you, get them out of your life. Right? Like if it's a toxic job, just quit. We once, I once had a supervisor who would tell their clients, like, if it's bad, just quit. And it's like, that's really hard to tell, especially with this economy, right? Like you don't want to just quit something that could be providing for you. And also if you have dependents, right? So there's also this, like that freeze fawn response where it's this idea of like, I know this is really bad. This isn't good. They aren't treating me kindly or they've betrayed me in this huge way. And what do I do? Right. I can't just quit. And so then the process of eventually when you get into a safe space, I think that's a huge thing too, is that in order to process betrayal trauma, you really can't be actively in that betrayal scenario as much. There has to be um, not time, but like you will see it more clearly and be able to process it more clearly once you are out of the betrayed like action Um, in the moment you can do things. Absolutely. But it's a lot harder to process the whole thing. It isn't until you're able to like stand on more safe ground that you can then also look at this, what we're talking about, this internal betrayal that happens during, during an external betrayal. And it's not that you didn't do enough, but you have this feeling of, I should have known better. I should have done this, right. I should have gotten out of that job quicker. But again, like I've had to remind my clients and the people I work with, these people who are doing that a lot of the times their whole intention is to not let you know what's going on or their whole intention is to, you know, do the action they are doing to end up betraying you. Right. And it's not that they're awful people, but like their intention is this. So if you didn't see it coming, it's not because you're the idiot. It's because that was part of what they were wanting to do. And so they made sure they could do it. Yeah. I think what can be really hard is to recognize that people you trusted can be really good at lying and manipulating 
Um, or self-preservation in unhealthy ways, right? Right. Mm -hmm. The other place that I see this a lot, and I think it's really important to understand um, in the work that, uh, in the work with children who experience significant abuses, whether they're physical, sexual, emotional abuse, but that it is actually unsafe for them to stop being kind to their parent. And that's what builds that fond response that we've talked so much about. Um, same thing in, in the other types of abuse that we've talked about, that it actually isn't safe to hold that boundary. It can actually put them in a more dangerous situation. Yeah. And, and a lot of times that is either explicitly pointed out or implicitly pointed out you know, in the situation with spouses, there can be um, comments regarding finances, children, those kinds of things where it's now the things we're dependent on are not just the person, but, but the, you know, the amount of just reliance on each other and connection that we have in our lives. And yeah, definitely. Like you're mentioning, like we're talking, we've talked about Maslow's hierarchy needs a little bit, or at least referenced it. And if you haven't learned about it, like it's a really easy thing to pull up. Um, with Maslow, he talks about like there's a pyramid, kind of like the the old nutrition pyramid, where they would talk about like what do you need the most, and it's at the bottom, and that's what's creating your your base, your foundation. And with Maslow, he talks about like food, shelter, you know, things like that needing to be um, your your bottom. It's the it's the thing that's you know making it so that you can physically function, water, things like that. When those things are in jeopardy we have a huge crisis response and we will sometimes do that fawn response. We That's why you see in abusive relationships that are very like typical abusive relationships that one would think like, you know, one person has leverage over the other, that kind of a thing. You see people who will stay in it, not because they're like, I really do want to be here, right? But sometimes they've trained themselves to think that because they know that if they do not stay there, they do not get that bottom you know, tear met. They don't have their physical needs. And that's betrayal trauma to self. Um, I think a lot of the times people ignore that fact of we can feel that from ourselves when we are also like betrayal trauma in the sense of if someone is holding um, our safety and livelihood um, over us, if we don't do A, B, and C, that is the betrayal trauma. But if we're the ones saying, I'm going to exchange my free will, I'm going to exchange my whatever it is, for, you know, safety and food. That's also sometimes it's seen as a betrayal to ourselves because there isn't a black and white way to, to handle that. As I think about this and, you know, what would I say to somebody who's saying, I I think I might have betrayal trauma and I'm not sure what to do with it. Um, I think what Haley pointed out really well is there's lots of shoulds that start coming up. And of course those Mm -hmm. are shame things, right? Um, and shame is a fear response. It shuts us down. It actually limits our ability to think through rationally. And so I think the first thing you can do is partner um, with people who can can understand and give you support and help you see your way through to creating healthier boundaries and know that grieving the relationships with the personal organization is a real part of setting those boundaries it can be really hard to go from a boundaryless situation you know what some people think is highly romanticized Mm -hmm. you know into a boundary situation and so that can be really hard it can actually 
you can be told that your boundaries are now betraying the initial relationship and and those kinds of things sometimes i've heard people say that people holding boundary betrays covenants religiously and and those are all things that people take very seriously and so it's important to walk through that um with a third party who can kind of help you see that part of those original agreements that you made in the relationship included included either uh what's the word um it it included some kind of statement or inference that you would feel emotionally and physically safe and if that's not there then then the promises and the 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 deal has been broken Mm -hmm. and it's not the person who leaves first that necessarily or sets the boundary i don't want to say leave is the only way but it's not the person who sets the boundary that is is changing the deal initially it's the person who's not providing the safety or yeah it's the minute that person goes outside of value that the the, if we're talking about a couple if we're talking about organization the minute that that individual organization goes outside the value that was predetermined or implied um by that relationship that this is how we live our lives and this is how we act that minute that person goes against that value they've determined an alternative way and they've changed the relationship and essentially they've changed the stakes too um as as a i know Haley and i have both uh, Haley taylor and i taylor you should be here but we know where you are (laughs) we're gonna keep reminding you that's right Um, we're having betrayal just kidding (laughs) no we're not we're just missing you um betrayed by all the health issues of our lives but (laughs) (laughs) welcome to fourth winter in utah oh gosh well i was gonna i was gonna say and we can come back to the idea. I know, Jen, you're, you're seeing there was an idea you had, so we're going to look at that. But um, if we're working with people who are going through betrayal, I guess kind of we've already kind of stated what we would some ideas of what you could do to work through betrayal. I think the first one is, you know, it's not important. First thing when you are working through betrayal, do not worry about having to go through the emotional, mental processing of it get yourself to a safe or emotionally safe or grounded or self-care place, whatever that may be, that's first, right? You'll, you, with any of these traumas we've talked about, you will never be able to work on it if you are not feeling it safe yourself. And if you're not feeling that you are in a good space enough to be able to look at things that could potentially be upsetting and have like a way to regulate through it. So first of all, make sure your needs are met, right? But second of all, when it comes to betrayal, I think being able to clearly identify for yourself what betrayal looks like is not going to always be an easy thing. So I think talking about it with a therapist, I think, is going to be a huge thing. Come and talk to a therapist who specializes in betrayal trauma. There's a lot of us who, you know, that's something we've took additional courses and supervisions and are talking about it with different things to try to work and see what we can do to help people who have that specific scenario. And to be fair, I think a lot of, uh, most therapists I know have some basic training in betrayal trauma, just because that's a part of attachment. Like that's a part of what happens when attachment goes away. That's not healthy. Right. I, I was thinking there are a couple things to be aware of that when you might have to set some boundaries around betrayal trauma that some people think that they should avoid. And I will tell you that I'm not saying it's the first thing you should do, but do not be afraid to set boundaries around reporting 
if this mm-hmm. is a, you know if there's their elderly abuse or spe- special population or child abuse some people are like i can't report they'll be so mad at me um moving people into boundaries is part of what the law does and mm-hmm. there can be a lot of communication around um that idea in situations that don't have really good boundaries of that that's bad as as therapists we for good or bad we're mandatory reporters and so we don't get to choose what we report or not it's within the realms of if this is a concern of of harm or danger to somebody we have to report it and the other thing that i hear is don't you know, give yourself permission not to say i should have done it sooner or yeah. for someone else to tell you you should have done it sooner that actually is very shaming and it is not easy to pull out of a betrayed relationship it is very difficult and i have worked with some people and even as their children get older they say you know my parents should have left this relationship sooner and that that's just not something you can know and understand from that perspective especially if they've left the relationship and they were eventually able to find a healthy boundary place that was very difficult for them and so give them some grace and if you feel like you were traumatized because it didn't happen sooner then then do your work then that's your, that's your betrayal too. That's, that's your betrayal trauma going through it. Along with that, I think something important to know is betrayal trauma does not get cleared up when the person who betrayed you apologizes or they are quote working on their own thing. Like your betrayal does not get clear. Let's say, okay, um, let's go back to a couple situation. We have wife and husband. Um, let's say wife betrays husband. The husband does not get better once his wife is working on her stuff. The husband has his own betrayal trauma. That's an individual thing. That's a thing he needs to work on that. If he has betrayal trauma, just like Jen was saying, like you can only work on your own really. Like that's, that's the thing about it where it's nice to know within our partnership that back to that value system, we're both realigning with our values. We are both going within like the terms of what we'd originally have with our agreement, or we're making new ones. Like we said, with boundaries, it's great to have that um, validation, But in the end, that betrayal trauma does not get cleared up because the other member of the party who betrayed is doing their work. That is very much a like that's codependency, right? The the person who has the betrayal trauma, that's where their work needs to come into play. And it's not going to be based off of honestly talking. A lot of people come to my office and say, I have betrayal trauma, and they just want to talk about the person who betrayed them. And I have to bring them back and say, okay, we're actually not going to mention that much. Like we're going to mention them as far as what happened, but when it comes to emotions, I just want to know about yours, right? I don't need to know about how they felt about how they betrayed. I don't need to know about like what they did in detail. I just want to know what you were feeling. And they're taken aback by that because they're like, but this doesn't, you know, this, this doesn't talk about the betrayal. And I'm like, but in the end, it's really not the most important thing to have to rehash the betrayal. Really the most important thing is saying like, what's your response to it and why are you feeling like this is a betrayal and how do we help work to put you in a better space where your needs are being met and you're safe and you know that, you know, you are doing the best you can in the scenario. I I love that you bring that up. And as, as we work on wrapping this up, that idea that trauma, including betrayal trauma is, is there is a part of it of actually what happened, but it's how, how it stays with us it's the unresolved part that moves into the rest of our lives. So maybe you have left a relationship or maybe you don't, you've set a boundary with a person, but you're still struggling with other relationships and feeling like 
like I can't move on. Betrayal trauma isn't about the other person. It's about how your body feels safety and, and, and feels like it's allowed to have the healthy boundaries that it needs. And so give yourself permission. Like I said, even if you have set a boundary and moved into a more healthy place to continue on with that healing, Mm -hmm. not just removing the person or the situation. Yeah. And I think just like we're saying, make this a time for you to do your healing, make this a time for you to know what it is you need to be doing. Often when trauma happens with another person, we're very focused on another person because honestly, it kind of feels better and we'd rather not focus on ourselves, but this is especially a time when you get to focus on yourself. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We'd love to hear from you.